This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm your host this week, Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Charlie Mang. Each of us serve in different roles as pastors at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the first Behold podcast. Welcome to the First Behold podcast. Um, before we get into it, why don't we just go around and introduce ourselves so that people know who's talking. Um, this is Sean Helch, and I serve with music and worship at VBC. Hey, everybody. It's Dan Gillette. And like Sean, I'm doing music and worship, and uh, I just try to keep up with Sean. That's not true. <laughs> and this is Charlie, and I serve on the teaching team. Yeah, so... Um, man, we're doing this podcast, uh, you know, totally isolated from each other physically. And so I thought it would be fun just to kind of go around and, and hear from, from the guys and, and maybe tell a funny story or, you know, talk about how you are coping, what you're doing at home to, to stay sane and to stay encouraged. So, uh, Sean, why don't you start us off? What, what's it been like, uh, isolated quarantined at, at the Helch residence? Oh man, it's kind of weird. I mean, I personally am loving it. I feel like I'm on a vacation, even though I'm working more than ever, but I just love being home. Patty's probably, my wife is Patty. She's probably a little bit sick of me by now, but um, yeah, it's it's really exciting in a lot of ways to um, kind of have this new frontier of how we're trying to do ministry and do work and be effective uh, reach out to people. So yeah, I feel busier than ever while at the same time sitting on my booty more than ever. So it's a kind of a weird dichotomy. I love it. I love it. I can totally relate. Charlie, what about you? What's it, what's it like over there? Chaos. I mean, Sean, you have the luxury of no kids. I know you have a cat, but no kids. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the kids, the kids are, are going nuts, but it's a good nuts and we're having fun and making sure that we're filling the day with with good activities. Obviously, we're under uh, a different strain with Sarah not feeling well. My wife is Sarah, and she's not feeling great. So I'm um, just trying to navigate all that. But it has been, like Sean said, you know, it's it's busier than it's ever been. Uh, but at the same time, this reorientation of, of what does it mean to, to minister and love on folks and, and to pastor and, and all that kind of stuff has been um, rejuvenating in, in a lot of regards. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. There There's a lot of you know, new things kind of coming out. Like I've been telling people just, you know, as a, as a pastor in one hand, on one hand, you know, everything's different. And, you know, the, the, the routine and the schedule is totally gone out the window. But, um, on the other hand, it, nothing's changed at all because we're, we're, we're doing the same kinds of things. You know, we're, um, we're shepherding people, we're encouraging, we're studying the word, we're in prayer um, we are leading worship. We are um, loving our families and hanging in there. Yeah, for for me, it's been it's been crazy. I don't know if I've ever spoken more in my life. I had a little scare like middle of last week, my where my my throat was feeling really scratchy, and I was like, Oh no, do I do I have Corona? Yeah, do I have the virus? And uh, and and I realized, you know, as I, I felt better the, the next morning, I realized, oh man, it's just because I'm talking so much. I'm constantly on the phone or hopping on video calls or um, you know, yelling at my kids, uh, <laughs> um, comforting my wife Emily. Um, she's just been so amazing. She's she's 
really helped us be intentional and structured at home, you know, keeping up with all the schoolwork for the kids and stuff and um, trying to bring some kind of order to the chaos, as Charlie said. But, man, I miss being with you guys. Uh, just giving you – I want to give you a little virtual hug. And you're my brothers, and uh, yeah, it's good to hop on this call with you. Well, how, how good is it, too? Let me just, just jump in. Like, how good is it? I think we've all experienced this, but just to see the way the community is responding to this whole thing. I mean, I feel like, yes, we have the opportunity in a new way to encourage folks and come alongside folks, but I know that I've been encouraged, and people have come alongside me and my family in new ways, and it's been just such an encouraging thing to be a part of, of this, this community of folks. Man, I could not agree more. I personally, I'm shocked. Like each week, I'm totally just struck and shocked by just the level of engagement with people and how just active they are in pursuing needs, pursuing people. Uh, It's just really cool to, in a very tangible way right now, just see the body of Christ loving each other in that way. So I totally agree, Charlie. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so before we jump into the topic um, today, we thought it would be good just to take a second and explain why we're titling this podcast, Behold. Um, It's kind of an interesting word. Um, And the reason is because um, that's really what we're aiming to do. So if you tuned into our church's live stream on Sunday, you will have heard um, Gary Darnell say that if he could pick one verse to be our church's theme verse, if you will, it would be 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me read that to you. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And really, that's what we want to be doing as a church family. That's what we want to be doing as brothers and sisters. That's what we want to be doing in this podcast we are all on this journey together of being transformed into the image of Jesus. And our prayer is that this podcast will become just one of many ways that you are having your cups filled, hearing truth from God's word, and becoming better equipped as followers of Christ. Yeah, thanks, Sean. And you may be listening and you're investigating Christianity. Maybe you're looking into the claims of Jesus. You're looking into the validity of of the Bible asking questions, and maybe even during this pandemic, it's caused you to have even more questions and to look into this stuff with more um, intent. And so we want to just welcome you as well. And our prayer is that what we talk about on this podcast would just be helpful to you in your journey as you try to have your questions answered and as you pursue faith in Christ. And as we talk about what's true and how our lives have been changed from one degree of glory to the next, we hope that it'll be an inspiration to you and that you will see the beauty of Christ, um, even from our experience and our testimony. So buckle up, and we're so glad that you're with us. So if you haven't been tracking with us on Sunday mornings or you didn't tune into this Sunday's live stream, we have been, as a church family, going through the Book of Romans, uh, really diving into the reliability of God. We really want to encourage you guys to watch Sunday's service before listening to this podcast, if you haven't done that. Uh, But for anybody who didn't do that or hasn't seen the service, Charlie, why don't you give us a quick recap on really this whole Roman series? Yeah, yeah. And and how about just a recap of chapter 10? 
as a whole, and I can do it quickly because the first 13 verses really center around uh, the sufficiency of Christ's work, that it is done. It is accomplished. We add nothing to it. We contribute nothing to it. If you recall from that week, we, we talked about, you know, the, the, the chunk that he says, you know, who, who, who is to go and ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down? Or do not say in your heart that I will descend into the abyss so that I can bring Christ up. And the idea there is that Christ's work is finished. It is fulfilled. It is accomplished. We do nothing to contribute to that process. Um, And and the focus still really in, in this whole section is on God's reliability, that he has made the promise and he has followed through with the promise in Christ. And that is, that is the freedom that we enjoy. And so then verses 14 through 21 unpack that more fully to talk about this. This is the natural progression that takes place, that Jesus came and delivered this message, not only through his words, but through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Uh, and, and when we hear that word and we respond to that word and we put our faith in who Jesus is, uh, we enter into that kingdom and we get to enjoy the beauty of Christ. And as we do that, uh, we become equipped to be the ones who carry on that message. Uh, and it's, it's not, it's not um, you know, something that we have to manufacture on our own, but it is something that, that God does for us and in us to where we become the beauty of Christ to those who are outside of it. Uh, and he, he continues to go down to explain why is Israel uh, ignoring this, that there's this stubbornness of pride uh, that, that is, is keeping their faces veiled from the truth. Uh, and they, they are rejecting this message, but that doesn't stop the message from going forth. And, and that is the, the reassuring thing, I think, for us. And hopefully we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but then, then we come into the, the uh, what is it, 18 through 21, Christ's beauty is going to continue to spread. It is on display. Um, it, is, it is being shown in the life of his followers, specifically in the life of the church. And then we ended our time really looking at, Sean, what you already mentioned of the beholding piece, um, that, that when we go to 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 14 through 18, we see this incredible um, freedom, this incredible life this incredible promise that we have, that as we behold Jesus, as we set our gaze on Jesus, uh, we are being transformed into his image. And as that happens, we are going to continue naturally to showcase who God is. We're going to adorn the gospel. We're going to beautify it, let people see how beautiful Jesus is. And it's just an, an incredible, incredible freedom and truth and confidence that we have. Enough said. Wow. Let's all go home. Podcast done. <laughs> hey, but we got more time on our hands with this uh, this shelter in place. So I say we just keep rolling, baby. We, we got nowhere to go. Uh, so, man, yeah. So, Charlie, that's so good. Um, maybe, Dan, you can start us off as you are listening to what Charlie just shared or from what Gary was sharing on Sunday. Uh, what were just some things that stuck out with you? Yeah. You know, one of the things that makes God's word so amazing is it doesn't just tell us, you know, to do something or to think something without giving us good reason why we should. And so as we're, as we're talking about this idea of, of, of who Jesus is and what he's done, man, scripture is so full of great evidence of Jesus's character on display and in, in how he lived 
during his time here and um, what he has been doing really since eternity past, um, how he has been revealing his glory. And so one of the things that I, that I was just thinking about is it might be kind of cool to for us to go around and, and just put a finer point on it. You know, what what has what are some things that we've been encouraged by as we've been reading scripture that really point to the specific reasons why Jesus is beautiful? Um, why is he so worthy of our gaze, you know, as we behold him? And, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking about is in um, in John chapter one, um, we see just some amazing statements made by John about Jesus. Um, the He says in verse one, that the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And it talks about um, how that word came into the world to, to shine the light of God. And in verse 14, um, John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And so when we look at the life of Jesus um, and we see what he does and, and we see his heart and, um, you know, how he, uh, how he represents um, God's nature. We we see the glory of God. And I even love, you know, John, um, when he saw Jesus coming toward him, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it's so amazing, just as Charlie was talking about, um, when we look to Jesus, we become more like him. And he does that in a very personal, real way for us. He he takes um, our sin away because we see that everything else in comparison is 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 worthless, and we are drawn more into um, his his nature and his character. And curious if you guys have anything, you know, any any specific um, things that that God's been revealing to you as you've been beholding Christ during this uh, shelter in place. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's obviously so many places to go. And, and Dan, you and I talked earlier this week just about, what is it, Colossians 1.15, that, that he is the image, right, of the invisible God, that, there, that, that when we look upon Jesus, we come to understand who God is more fully. But, but so much deeper than that is that we begin to understand our need and who we are more fully, that there's just this... Um, incredible transaction that takes place when we look at the image of the invisible God that's found in Jesus Christ. I just have been so encouraged by that. Man, that's such a, such a great passage for us to look at. If, if if you're at home and you're you're looking for some some tangible reasons why um, Jesus is beautiful, just read through Colossians one fifteen through uh, really through twenty three. There's some amazing stuff in there, and I and I love I love how we, Paul talks about Christ's authority um, and his preeminence over all of creation. In that, and sometimes when we're when we're dealing with something really um, really difficult like like this pandemic, it's easy for us to um, forget that in Christ there he he there's authority there. And so even though things feel like they're spinning out of control, 
he's still on the throne. Amen. There's there's one other one other place that I've been super encouraged by, and I man, I encourage you folks read First uh, Peter chapter one in its in its full. But starting in verse six, listen to what Peter writes. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various tri- trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, now you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And man, just just taking that thread of the beauty of Jesus, what we get to focus on in the midst of trial, in the midst of what we're walking mm. through, um, and, and, and really we're all in the midst of it, right? We might have varying degrees and, and different things, but this disruption is, is a, a testing ground for any believer, for any follower of Jesus, and that we have this promise that God is refining our faith. He's revi- refining our, our understanding of himself, and that through that process, it will result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. And I hope, listen, this whole thing of beholding the glory of Christ, I hope you guys are, are excited about that. That, that we get to look at the beauty of who Jesus is, that we get to set our minds on that, that God promises that he will work in that process. But what is, what is being developed in that is this incredible hope and longing and expectation for the day that Jesus is revealed when he comes back. And man, more than ever for me, I cannot wait for Jesus to return. I cannot wait to see his beauty face to face. And until he does, even though I don't see him now, I love him and I am excited for that day. Well, that's so good, both of you. Um, yeah, and just listening to you, you talk about that and you know the the description of who Jesus is in Colossians, like you just get that that imagery of his power, of his sovereignty, of his of his position over us. Um, but also I was just thinking on, on Sunday as Gary was sharing and he really drove this home too, but it's not the, the beauty of Jesus isn't for me, just his power isn't just his authority. It's the fact that that same savior, the one who I'm going to read from the Colossians here is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation who by him, all things were created like, whoo, but that same God, that same Jesus willingly and by no coercion or by no forcing, he went to the cross on our behalf. You know, he has he has that kind of authority. He has power over death. And yet still he loves us enough that he wanted us to have right relationship with him and his father enough to go to the cross willingly. Yeah, and not, not just obediently and willingly, but he even coordinated the events to lead himself to the cross. You know what I mean? Amen. It is absolutely. Yeah. And let me, I know you wanted me to save this till the end, Sean, but let me just throw my plug in now for this Sunday. We're going to start a new Easter series and we're going to be looking at Luke chapters 22, 23, and 24. Each week we'll take a different chapter. Um, but really, that, that's what we're looking at, is, is the, the historical reliability, the fact of what it is that Jesus accomplished on that cross, how it all came to pass, and, and how when we study that and look at that, it is just a reinforcing wave of truth 
that will, will, will set us up to, to live accurately, to live the way that we have been designed to live. So man, I'm excited for it. Uh, me too. I'm really, I'm really pumped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even as Easter approaches, you know, the Holy week leading up to it and everything, you know, we we're excited as, as, as a church to, to celebrate together, even though we're not going to be physically in the same room. Hey, Charlie, I, um, just as you were talking about First Peter, you know, something came to mind that I wanted to share. I'm going to be totally like Christian cliche and, and throw out like a, a, a Narnia quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, I've, been reading, uh, I've been reading the Chronicles of Narnia to my kids, uh, f- you know, to help them get ready for, for bedtime. And uh, just read this yesterday. We, we've, we just wrapped up the second to last book, uh, The Magician's Nephew. And... In the last chapter, Aslan, who is the who's the Christ, you know, the Jesus Christ um, figure in those those books, uh, you know, the t- two children in the story are, are looking at him, and and he is um, about to send them back to their own world, and this is this is the quote, um, and I don't know, just think as I read this, you know, try to put your your artsy fartsy like hat on and just imagine what this, what this is like. And, you know, make that connection to what we've been talking about um, with regards to beholding Jesus. It says all at once, they never knew exactly how it happened. The face seemed to be a sea of tossing gold in which they were floating and such a sweetness and power rolled over them that they felt they had never really been happy or wise or good or even alive and awake before. And the memory of that moment stayed with them always, so that as long as they both lived, if ever they were sad or afraid or angry, the thought of all that golden goodness and the feeling that it was still there quite close, just around the corner or just behind some door, would come back and make them sure, deep down inside, that all is well. And, you know, as, as those kids kind of looked at Aslan's face and had that experience, um, you know, I know that we've experienced that too. And that Jesus in all his glory and beauty and authority and power and compassion, he is, he is near to us. And the experience of, of abiding in him and being close to him, uh, is with us always, even when we're when we're sad or afraid or grumpy. I get grumpy. Do you guys get grumpy? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. And uh, n- now we got the obligatory uh, C.S. Lewis reference in there. It's out so of the way. Check the box. <laughs> did it. Um, if anyone listening does not know what Chronicles of Narnia is, it's like Christian Lord of the Rings. So now you know. Um, but man, as you're you're sharing that, it kind of made me think of. Isn't hold on? Um, isn't Christian Lord of the Rings Christian Lord of the Rings though? That's true. That's true. Well, there's, okay. there's a lot of Christian-y <laughs> things in that one too. That's true. Okay, anyways, but Dan, I love what you just shared, and as you were saying that, it made me think of um, some sections that I was just reading in the Cross of Christ, hmm. which is by uh, Stott. If you haven't read that one, um, but I'm seeing this section about the 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 pain of God, the suffering of God. And how that's relatable with us. Um, let me read to you from this. So this is talking about God and how 
through Jesus, he can relate to our sufferings. He can relate to our trials. He can relate to us in these times, like you were kind of saying, Dan. It says, if God's full and final self-revelation was given in Jesus, moreover, then his feelings and sufferings are an authentic reflection of the feelings and sufferings of God himself. Because of the suffering that Jesus went through, the cross of Christ is proof of God's solidary love for us. And that kind of just struck me of, man, as we are experiencing this pandemic, many of us are um, having a hard time, whether it be with job loss, whether it be with health and illness, whether it be with being at wit's end with your kids at home all day. Uh, It's just deeply comforting to know that that same Jesus and that same Father God can relate to us in our sufferings. Um, so I was personally comforted by that. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so looking at this section of Romans 10, Paul obviously makes a big deal about the messengers of the gospel, those spreading the word of Christ. Uh, but speci- specifically, not the messengers themselves, but the message they're carrying and the worth of that. So kind of with that in mind, um, maybe we can talk about what are the, some of the challenges that we face in our culture, and especially with current circumstances in getting that word out there. Yeah, I mean the the current circumstances are are you know pretty obviously challenging in the sense that we we're not bumping into people, you know, we're we're not going out to coffee with folks, we're not having them in our homes for dinner. You know, we're we're isolated uh in a lot of ways. And so that can present challenges for sure. But one of the things that we've been talking about is, you know, with with the the technology that we have at our fingertips, you know, it, it opens up a whole nother arena of opportunities. You know, just one that we that we've talked about is, you know, being able to to have church online um, is is a really um, non threatening and uh, simple you know, invite to, to someone, to a neighbor, to a family member that's unsaved, to somebody that maybe is, feels intimidated and, and doesn't want to step inside a church building, you can just send them a link, you know, or you can, you can say, Hey, let's hop on, you know, a video call together and let's watch this, um, this service together that my church is putting on, you know, that is one of the ways that we can kind of capitalize, I think on, you know, the current state of affairs. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And, and I say this next piece, not to dissuade anybody from doing this. Uh, don't, don't think just because others are doing it, that you get a, you get a hall pass, you get a, you get a write off on this thing. But we have heard from so many folks who have reached out to loved ones, to neighbors, to friends, to to um, be a part of our online service that have taken them up on that offer and that have come up with great questions that have have started this this dialogue that otherwise wouldn't be there. So be encouraged. This is an incredible incredible time. But I also w- want to encourage you in this way and really from the from the scripture what we see uh, specifically in verse sixteen and seventeen and, and on. But but in sixteen it says. But they have not obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And we have to understand that there will be people who reject this stuff. 
And we should not be alarmed by that. We should not be surprised by that. It does not alarm or surprise God. So, so we, we shouldn't walk in this fear of, of, well, what if they reject it? Well, we know there are going to be people who reject it. There's always uh, going to be mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. That's right. Yeah. But that, that should not compel us to be quiet, right? We, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine as brightly as I can. Now understand that this is not formulaic. This is not, well, if I just say these things and post these things to my Instagram, then I'm doing the right job. No, it comes from beholding the beauty of Jesus. When we behold him, we become his beauty. God accomplishes that new life, that new work in us. And so when I have a friend who doesn't know the Savior text and say, man, I know you guys are up against a lot with Sarah's health and now with the kids home, how are you guys doing? And I can honestly say, man, we are receiving strength daily from the Lord and and this is how that's going down because I'm just being honest with him. It's not like I'm trying to manufacture or manipulate. Uh, I'm just being honest about the hope that I have. Uh, it speaks volumes to him, and he knows that I'm not doing it from this perspective of, I got to save souls, right? That's God's work, and he's going to use us as we behold his beauty. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an overflow of, yep. of what, we're, what we're doing in our own personal lives. You know, another thing, another thought, you know, just because we, we do interact with people who are... Um, you know, not, not receptive to the gospel or maybe even can be hostile towards um, our faith. And this time that we're sheltered in place is, it, it really gives us um, some unique time to um, really kind of uh, find out ways and research how we can answer those people. Man, there's so many great resources out there for for us as Christians, if we want to learn how how to to answer the most common objections to our faith, and how to you know defend what the Bible says, and a lot of times the people that reject our message, um, they have they have reasons that they haven't really um, uh, been challenged on, and so so for us to take this time to really um, to really kind of like load up on on what is true and what is good and how we can we can better defend that i think is a great way for us to use our time you know absolutely to, yeah to 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 get this message forward and then another thing i thought of is is just prayer you know um are there people in your life for those that are listening at home are there people in your life that you know um you know, just they don't know the Savior yet. And can you be faithful in in praying for them daily, weekly, and just asking that, um, you know, uh, in, in that Second Corinthians passage, um, Paul talks about, you know, the Israelites were, weren't able to see God's glory because they veiled their faces. And when we who have come to know Jesus with unveiled faces, we behold the glory of God. We want that experience to happen for the people in our lives. And so just a challenge for us as the church to be involved in the message going forward through prayer. It's, it's, it's the starting point and it's something that we do all the way through. I mean, how many times have you guys heard stories of, of, you know, I was praying for my son for decades and and finally 
the veil was lifted and he was able to see the glory of God in the face of Christ. Or, you know, my, my neighbor, I've, I've been praying for them for years and years and years and, and, and God, you know, moved through that. So just some ways for us to continue to participate um, in the gospel going forward and that message going forward, even while we're sheltered in place. Oh, I think that's so good. Um, and kind of on, on that same hand, um, you know, we've all heard of or personally had those interactions where somebody behaved in a certain way and it really just struck us with the person of Jesus through their actions. You know, right now there's a lot of worry out there. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear, um, a lot of tension in, in certain situations. And I really feel like we have a special opportunity right now as followers of Christ to really be uh, interacting with people in a way um, that just, like Gary mentioned on Sunday in, in Matthew 5, being a light that's just striking as a contrast to what's out there, that's striking as different. Um, makes me think of what Paul says about how we are to carry ourselves, that, that carry, carrying ourselves in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. And what he describes that as, as with humility, with gentleness, with patience. And for a lot of the people out there right now freaking out over toilet paper, that's a really foreign idea to be carrying yourself that way. But I really feel like right now, by doing that, we can potentially have huge impact for God's kingdom in the way that we're behaving. Yeah, that's so great. And and man, it just reminds me of Philippians 2, 14 and 15, 16, uh, that we are to do all things without grum- grumbling or complaining, right? And man, is this a season where grumbling and complaining would be easy, but we do all things without grumbling or complaining that we may become blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life. Hmm. Man, what what uh, yeah. a what a great picture for us to cling to that we keep our focus set on Jesus. And Dan, going to back to your point on prayer, that's what prayer is, right? It's beholding Jesus. It's coming with this attitude and understanding that that we are so much lesser than he is and our mm. absolute need and desperation for him that that is a proper way to behold him right yeah. and so it, it it just all plays together for us to continue just to look at him to see his beauty and and to allow his beauty to allow his power to transform our lives so that we can shine like stars yeah and in so many ways um, you know, prayer is the antidote to to uh, grumbling. And you know, Charlie, I I was really vulnerable earlier and told you that I struggle with being grumpy. And I feel like you didn't you didn't meet me there. And you know, I'm still I'm still hurting from that one. But um, but but I don't know if you guys experience, have experienced this. Where man, it, it it just takes a few moments just sitting in God's presence through prayer, just to you know to praise Him for for who he is, to thank him for what he's done, to meditate on his, his wonder and his, and his works and his word. And just to, just to kind of soak in, in his presence. I mean, it, it, it just washes away all that, that grumpiness and grumbling. And, you know, maybe that's what we need to get into the practice of doing, you know, before we go do a Costco run or before we, you know, before we hop on, um, that zoom call with our coworkers, you know, just so that we, we can, um, remember, you know, that, that we do shine like a light, you know, it doesn't say, Hey, shine like a light. It says you shine 
like a light in this crooked generation, in this in this messed up, jacked up, broken world. Um, that's what that's what you are. That's what you're doing, and um, we need God's help to do it. Oh, that's so good. And I think that it really ties in what you're talking about, Trey, with the idea of beholding Jesus. And really through that, um, the reaction to the beholding is just that that raw and uh, tangible humility yep. that we have before God, that beholding him. And like you just said, Dan, resetting, resetting our focus, our eyes on God. Uh, just so, because I'm with you, so quickly, God will wash away that, that anger or tension or whatever it is, anxiety, and replace it with just a peace and humility before him, um, knowing who he is. Um, I want to cite something that, that Gary said on Sunday, talking about you know Jesus and him being a trustworthy Savior. And what I love that he said is that, you know, in addition to the fact that he went to the cross voluntarily, that, that his driving factor was Jesus' desire for us to be in right standing before God, um, Really, Jesus hasn't stopped loving us. That same Jesus is still watching over us now, and he's still worthy of our trust right now. It's just sometimes we need to reset our focus, like you were saying, Dan. That's great. Yeah. Okay, last little bit here before we sign off. Um, Dan and Charlie, maybe you guys can speak into this. What's one way that maybe young families out there can be working to... um, behold Jesus in their households amidst the chaos with kids and whatnot. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody, um, today and of course this is, uh, this is going to come, you know, from me, the, the worship guy, but man, can you just, can, can, can we just commit to just blasting worship music in our homes? You know, um, I, I was actually over, over at Charlie's house, uh, a couple weeks ago before all the shelter in place, you know, was, uh, was in effect and his kids just, they, they sleep with worship music go- going, you know, nonstop. And, you know, the moment I wake up, I like open up my Sonos app. I press play on a worship playlist and just cause I, I want that spirit of worship in my home and I want my kids to, um, just to be aware of, uh, of, of the spirit of God, his presence in our home and um, it's such a simple, easy thing we can do. We just have to be intentional about it. Um, Valley Bible Worship has some music out there that you can uh, partake. That's a little shameless plug. Good, good plug, good plug. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much out there. And you can text me directly. My number's on on the website. And I can send you some playlists or some songs. But that's just an, a simple, easy way um, that as these truths are being sung over us, um, and filling, you know, filling the walls of our home, uh, it, it's a great way for us to to just stay, um, you know, with our our eyes fixed on Jesus, who He is, what He's done, and um, we cannot do that enough. Oh man, I love that, and um, it's funny you mentioned that because. You know, I, Patty and I, we don't have kids. We have a cat, as you said, Charlie, um, who is not that much to handle. But still, you know, Patty, she's had a lot of anxiety around what's happening right now and just worry over loved ones and just this whole situation. And yesterday it just struck us that we needed to do just what you just said, Dan, um, just worship. And, 
you know, there's a song that really ministered to us. And ironically, I promise this was not planned out. The song is called Behold Him. <laughs> so that's funny. Um, God's doing something. He's, he's working. Uh, Otter God. Um, and I just want to read some of the lyrics of that song to you listeners out there. And uh, maybe you're feeling anxious. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. Um, so as I read this, would this be an encouragement to you? to be still and behold him, behold Jesus, as you're hearing these words. He who was before there was light, walked across the pages of time. He who made every living thing, behold him. He who heard humanity's cry, left his throne to wake as a child. He became like the least of us, behold him. He who dined with sinners and saints, he healed the blind, the lost, and the lame. And even now he is in our midst. Behold him. He who chose a criminal's end, paid with blood to settle our debt, buried death as he rose to life. Behold him. Jesus, Son of God, Messiah, the Lamb, the Roaring Lion, oh, be still and behold him. Jesus, Alpha and Omega, our God, the risen Savior, oh, be still and behold him. Man, man those I, those are powerful lyrics. What you, yeah, what you, you were going to say something sorry, I cut you off. I was going to say amen to that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and another shameless plug if you if you head on head on to Instagram to Valley Bible Worship, uh you get you can see a lovely video of Sean and his amazing wife Patty singing that song. Hey, we did get also we should probably say we got a lot of requests this week for Patty to have a solo on uh the live stream this Sunday. So um, we've heard your, we've heard your, you people, and we're going to give the people what they want. We're going to, uh, Patty's going to have a solo. So tune in this Sunday at 10 AM to hear the illustrious Patty. Hutch. All right. I'm, I'm done with the shameless plugs. So let me, let me jump in here. <laughs> um, I need to shout out Miss Judy Bayard. Um, a, a few weeks back, she gave me this book and it's called Theology, two separate words, Theology. Ancient Truths Ever New, and it's by Marty Machowski. Uh, and right now on ChristianBook.com, it's only $23.99. It's a nice hardcover book. It's 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 great. But what it's about 73 little one-page chapters that talk about uh, the core doctrinal beliefs of Christians, and it's done in a way that my six and seven-year-old can understand every bit of it. They have the first, I think, eight chapters pretty much memorized at this point, which is incredible. Um, it's very easy for them to pick up and understand uh, truths about who God is, about what's going on. And let me let me just say this. I know, and I am guilty of this as well, a lot of parents are are in a place of frustration or that sense of being overwhelmed because right now you're responsible for your child's education. Understand what an incredible opportunity we have. Our, our kids, especially those who go to public school, are being inundated every day with, with worldviews that do not line up with the Christian worldview. And, and man, we have to counter that while they're in school, but during this season... We, now responsible for their education, can weave into the curriculum um, wonderful opportunities to point them to truth, to absolute truth. And, and folks, it, or another one is they have a, there's a book called New City Catechism that, that Keller and his church put out that is wonderful as well. They have a kid's version of it um, that, that just very simply states 
core Christian views. And I cannot tell you how much my kids enjoy this. I, I am ashamed to say that it has become a point of discipline. If they are acting up, I'll say, you're not going to get to read theology tonight, which nice. I, I, need to, I need to reassess. I'm sure that's not a good response. Um, but, but they absolutely love it. And it has opened up I can't tell you how many incredible conversations uh, talking about what is God's purpose for the church, talking about what does sin mean, um, what what is it that Jesus accomplished on that cross. It is it is absolutely fantastic. So I cannot recommend enough theology, ancient truths, ever new. Man, that's such a great like perspective shift for me. Just even hearing you, you say you know just to 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 not think of of uh, you know getting through the academic stuff with the kids as a burden, but to, to think of it as an opportunity. I, I mean, that just blows, that blows my mind. Thanks for sharing that, Charlie. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, that's so good. And I know that Charlie said no more shameless plugs, but I'm going to give one more. If you have enjoyed hearing Charlie's beautiful voice, then you're in luck because you can hear it again this Sunday at 10 a.m. at our church's online live stream service. So we're going to wrap it up uh, for today. We hope that this podcast has been an encouragement and a blessing to you. Like we said in the beginning, our hope and prayer for this is that through the things that we talk about and the truths that we are examining through Scripture, um, you are better equipped to do what we're talking about, to behold the beauty of Jesus. Um, If you want more information about Valley Bible Church, go ahead and go to vbc.online. Again, that's vbc.online. That is also where you can watch our live service this Sunday at 10 a.m. as we begin our new Easter series, Myth or Reality. Any last words of wisdom, you two? It's just good to be with you guys, man. I miss you. I know. I love you guys, and I love you guys that are listening. Really, we are so committed to praying for this community and, and everything, and we know that you guys are committed to praying as well. So let's keep pushing on. Love you. All right. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for everybody who's everybody who's out there listening. And we will catch you on Sunday, and then we will catch you next week for the next Behold podcast. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.